listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. I said, aren't you glad to be in the house of God today? We continue in our series on relationships. It's been a great series. We're going to end it, God willing, next Sunday. You need to be here because next Sunday we're going to really be talking about you. Because in relationships, we think a lot about other people and all those things. Next Sunday, we're really going to be talking about you. We're going to be talking about you today, but really next week, we're going to really be talking about you. So guess what? If you're not here to hear it, you are going to miss it. So you need to be here every week. So we're talking about relationships today, the rear control. You may say, that's kind of crazy. What are you talking about? You're going to find out if you pay attention today. But I really believe that through this series this month, I hope that we have given you tools and helped to find some boundaries in your life of the importance of the people we're connected with. Relationships, we're not just talking about being married. That's important. We're not just talking about dating. That's important. We're talking about every relationship in our lives. Why? Because if I am not connected to the right things, I will never make it to the right places. I think you should write down that. I think you should put it on your mirror when you're doing your hair in the morning or if you're Pete when you're shining your head, whatever you're doing, you need to put that on the mirror and remind yourself every day, if I am not connected to the right things, I'm not going to make it to the right places. You can think you're an exception, but I've got to remind you right now, You're no exception because the Word of God tells us that. That we've got to be connected to the right things. As iron sharpeneth iron, you know, we'll see increase in our lives. But lead is going to take us to the bottom. So we're talking about proper placement for my life to be in the right place. God has to be first. Come on, our vertical relationship needs to be in place first. And then we worry about the horizontal. Can I give you a funny story this morning? Funny story, read it this week. If you've got one of those incredible devotions, you read it too. But here it is. The story of a guy who left this message on his answer machine. He said these words. I am not available right now and I am making, because I am making some changes in my life. Please leave a message after the, pe- the beep. And if I do not return your call, you are one of the changes I am making. (laughs) Sounds rough. Sounds harsh. But you know what? When it's our future, when it's our lives, when it's our families, we better make sure that we are connected to the right people. Come on, high five your neighbor and say, did you leave that message? Really? Come on. There you go. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Mark 8, verse 36. Again, a powerful scripture that Jesus says, What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world 
You can have 20,000 friends on your Facebook page. You can have 25,000 followers on Twitter. You can have all these things. And the Bible says, what does it profit a man if he has all that the world has to offer, but yet he loses his own soul? There's no profit in all the stuff, only lost, the Bible says. But there's only one relationship that will take us to heaven, and that's a relationship with Jesus. So we need to concentrate on that. So today I want to talk about how to protect and guard your life through life. Have you ever had the best intentions? Have you ever made the proper preparations? Have you already had the right mindsets and then Monday happens? Come on, two people know what I'm talking about. You're like pumped up. Yeah, I'm going to do this. And you're in church and you're like, wow, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Monday morning happens. You're like, God... I don't want to get up today. Come on, Monday happens. Life happens. You know, has it ever happened to you? You know, you get bombarded, you know, all of, from every side. Come on, your kids get sick. Your washer breaks down. Come on, someone runs in the back to you on your way to work. Or even worse, you run in the back of someone else on the way to work. What else happens? You're trying to work. You get rained off your job. There's strife at home. Your wife kind of looked at you wrong when you left and you said something wrong. Just the strife of life. Your friends get on to you because you're not sympathizing with them. You're not taking their side and they're mad at you. They're rejecting your calls. They don't want nothing to be with you. Today I want to talk about how to guard your life through all of those things. Through life's distractions people's pettiness, disappointments and hurts. So they won't move you from that proper place. Because if I'm not connected right, I'll never make it right. And how can I maintain the right balance and the boundaries in my life that are going to keep me in that place when I'm pushed and pulled and forced and manipulated and deceived, it seems, every which way in life. Come on, say with me today, rear control. Rear control. There was a story about two guys or a few guys that had gone off and they rented a vehicle. They were driving a number of hours across America where they were driving was very hot. And the guy in the front realized just into the journey that his friend was beginning to sweat in the back of the car. He didn't say anything but just waited another 30 minutes, another 40 minutes and turned to his friend and he said these words, Are you hot back there? And his friend says, Sure am, it's really hot. To which he said to him these words, you know you have rear control. His friend said, are you serious? I mean, I've been sweating back here for over an hour and you could have told me that. I want to talk about the fact today that you're sweating through life and you have rear control. You are sweating through life, blaming everyone else and looking at every circumstance. But can I tell you today, you have rear control. You have the opportunity to control the temperature of your life. Certain things are going to happen and things, but you've got control over some things that happen in your life that you like to blame other people about. Come on, I'm going to preach to you today. If you don't like it, that's fine. It's not my responsibility whether you like it. It's my responsibility to give you the gospel. And there's something about the gospel, and that is this. It won't leave you the same. Some people walked up to Jesus. They left happy. Some people left glad, and some people... People left mad, but everyone who left him left with a response. There's going to be a response today. 
The reality is this. How many times have we blamed other people for the things that are not happening in our life and we have rear control? Well, if only they hadn't have looked at me like that. I have rear control. Come on, I have rear control. I'm going to say that one more time. I have got rear control. And it's something that every one of us has available in our life. But the question is, are you using it? I want to give you three points today that I think are going to help you to have rear control over your life. Point number one, and that is this, to define your boundaries. Pastor P, we've already talked about boundaries. Yes, we have, but we're going to jump in just a little bit further today. Define your boundaries. You need to define the boundaries for your life. You, that's the key word, needs to define the boundaries for your life. Because if you don't watch, friends will for you. Circumstances of life will for you. That the next thing you say is, well, I've got to do this and I have to do this and I need to do this. What's happening? The world is defining the boundaries of your life. Hasten taking control of your life. Say, oh me, oh my, amen, or something in the house. Proverbs, thanks Steve, he said them all. Steve said them all. And that's a good way to go, Steve, I like it. Turn to Proverbs 4, 23. The Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. New Living Translation says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It's not other people's fault. It's that you are not guarding your life, that you're not putting the proper boundaries on your life. That's what the Bible says. The Message Bible says, keep vigilant watch over your heart because that's where life starts. Can I say something else? It's also where life can end. You've got to keep your heart. Keep your heart. Keep your heart. You see, rear control means this when I define boundaries. I need to know in my relationships, in my connections, what's negotiable and what's non-negotiable. I've got to know the difference between what's negotiable and what's non-negotiable in my lives. Why? Because there are non-negotiable boundaries that must be applied to my life. The main problem we have is when we fail to define those and they all just become negotiable. Up for change is what that means. Are you with me today? That they can be so easily changed. So I can say to this person, I'm going to do this. But then in the company of this person, I'm doing something else. Why? Because my boundaries have become negotiable instead of non-negotiable. Let me give you an example today. When you're looking for a number two in your life, God's your number one. So when you're out looking for a number two in your life, not number one, but number two, someone today, how many would realize or agree with me today that the color of their hair, the color of their eyes, their teeth, their nose, their height, one more, their weight are negotiable? Why are they negotiable? We can work with those. We can get a haircut for the hair and we can color it if it needs to be done. Come on. We can get colored contact lenses if we want to. Come on. We can put them in for a nose job if they need one. 
They can get braces for their teeth. They can get insoles for their shoes if they need to be a little bit taller. And they can go on a diet if they're overweight. So those things are negotiable. So when you're looking for someone in life, it's good. And there's nothing wrong with saying, God, I want this, that, and the other. But you know what? I hate to tell you this. All the perfect guys are going, no, I'm only playing. They're still out there. But it's okay to be specific with those things. But you know what? You've got to also realize some of those things you can give and take a little bit with. That's called negotiable. But then there's non-negotiable things. And here's the number one non-negotiable thing when you are looking for someone in life. And that is this. They better have a relationship with God. They better have a relationship. That is non-negotiable. They have got to be saved. They've got to be living for God. Is there a walk with God in their life? And if they're not saved, keep on looking. Keep on looking. Move away and keep on going. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You can try and wiggle out of that any which way you want, but that's pretty clear right there that the Bible says if you're defining boundaries in your life, one of those boundaries are this. I'm not going to join myself with someone who's not saved. The Bible goes on to say, For what fellowship or what in common has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion or common union has light with darkness? The words are pretty clear there. Do not, do not, do not be unequally yoked. But pastor, I understand all that, but there's a great opportunity to win them to God. But pastor, if I hook up with them, they said they're going to come to church. Listen, they need to come to church for themselves and not for you. Come on, three people are helping me in the house today. Just means everyone's married. That's cool. Good. Doesn't mean you cut them down and say, I don't want nothing to do with you. But you don't join yourself. You don't get romantically involved with that person until you see fruit in their life. You can bring them to church. You can lead them to God. But don't be waiting as soon as they say yes to Jesus to be on your knee when they come down the aisle. Wait till there's some fruit in your life. Make sure it's for real and not for you. Do you understand non-negotiable boundaries in your life? We need to add those to our life. I think there's others when they come to finding someone to be with for the rest of your life. I think you need to look at their work ethic. If they can't keep down a job and they're not working, you need to run for your life. You need to run for your life. All the promises, well, I'm going to get this and get this. Hold on, you're 25 and you still haven't had it. Come on, what's going to change in the next week? Do I hear an amen? Amen. Watch out for those. These are non-negotiable things That if you don't define the boundaries, guess what? You're going to be living with the consequences for the rest of your life. Well, I thought he was going to change. You need to know he's going to change or she's going to change before you say, I do, to that. Come on, I'm saving you from heartache and pain. This is a bonus for tonight. I mean, you can come back tonight and get all of this again. It's good. But non-negotiable. Think about your relationships and define the boundaries. Again, not just in dating, not just for someone to marry, but around me. I've got to define the boundaries. Because I can find myself in compromised situations that I have the control over. I could have stopped myself from going there. 
I could have stopped that conversation. I could have been in control of that. Come on, we've got to define those boundaries. I really think it's good to write down in your life. Write down what's negotiable. If you're looking for a mate in life, write down what's negotiable and write down what's non-negotiable. And when God brings that person in your life, come on, they're going to meet all those criteria. And if they're not, that's not the one God has for you. But even in your everyday relationships, write down stuff. If it's going to jeopardize my relationship with God, that's a non-negotiable factor. I'll still be your friend, but here's the boundary. I'm not going to do those things. I I do not believe for one second that I have to go into a club to win someone from a club. I don't believe for a second that I need to go into the bar. I'm not drinking in the bar, but I don't have to go in there to win people. Come on, God called me to be a light in darkness, yes. But people would see my good works and glorify God. Come on, people would see my witness and my testimony. And as a result, there would be a desire in them to come. If I'm participating in those things, what need is there for a change? There is no change. I'm helping you today. Say rear control. I've got to define the boundaries. You know, I look and say, well, it's their fault. No, it's my fault. It's my fault. Have you ever seen a boxer in a ring? He keeps a hand up, doesn't need to protect himself. He can let that guard down for one split second. Bam. A knockout blow can be knocked in. You can say, well, it's only harmless. Watch out when you let your guard down. Watch out when you let your guard down because Satan's waiting with that killer blow to knock you down, to knock you down, to take you out. Why? Because you're a threat to him. You're a threat to him. And he's trying to take you down. Say with me, define my boundaries. Define my boundaries. If you need help with that, come and talk to me. I'll help you. I'll tell you the truth. You may not like what I have to say, but I'll help you. Some of you need some help with some of the relationships you're in. Some of you need some help. I'm telling you right now, you need to watch. Because if you don't look out for yourself, the world is going to pull you down. Really quick. Second thing I want to talk about today is you've got to define your response. I don't know when I'm going to be hit, but I can be prepared for the trials. I don't know the trials that are facing me, but I can be prepared. I'm going to show you how you can be prepared at whatever the world throws at you today. How you can react to life with all its twists and its turns. That you have the choice to control your response. Again, I know we can't control what others do, but we can, what we can, what you do choose to do with that which is in your control. Let me say that again. I can't control what others do, but I can control my response to what they do do. I can control my response to their actions, to their words. How did Jesus deal with that? I mean, he's a great one to look at, isn't he? Can I tell you how Jesus chose to respond? He gave his life and refused to let man take it from him. Look at John 10 verse 18. Jesus says these words, No one takes it from me, speaking about his life. I lay it down of myself. I have the power, Jesus says, to lay it down. And notice what he says. I have the power of choice to take it up. That means Jesus said, I have the choice to lay down my life and I have the choice not to lay down my life. That's what he's saying. 
Just because he was sent to this earth, he had to define his response to the circumstances and situations around him. We're going to see later in the garden, he says, not my will, God, but yours be done. He had a choice still to make. And he says, and I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from the Father. What an awesome scripture. Jesus is saying this. I know my purpose. I know what I have come to do, or I know what I have been sent to do, but that sending, that word, that instruction still involves my choice. Today, your choice is involved in the circumstances of life. How are you going to respond? Jesus says, I choose to lay down my life, to give it, and for it not to be taken. So how does that parallel in my life? No one can take anything from me if I've first given it to God. No one can take anything from me if I have first given it to God. If I surrender my hurts, my disappointments, my frustrations, the pain of life, if I give it to God, no matter the pain that will come, guess what? It doesn't phase me anymore because I've already surrendered it to God. Do you notice that? That when I give my life to God, I can control the response of my life. Why? Because I realize I love Misty, but you don't control my life. You, How you feel today, you don't control. Pete, you don't control my life. Why? Because my life is given to God and He controls my life. Brittany brought her little cousin in with her today and he was crying when he came in and he said, my sister called me an idiot. I said, you're not an idiot. Don't worry about what other people says. You're not an idiot. But isn't it amazing how our response can be determined about what other people say. Instead, when I give my life to Christ, I realize, and you need to read Psalms 139 again, that the Bible says that He wonderfully and skillfully made me. That doesn't sound like an idiot and a mistake to me. That before my days were even known, He had them all prepared for me. He wove me. He created me. He made me. The Bible goes on to say that I am a chosen generation. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm peculiar. The Bible says I'm peculiar. Turn to your neighbor and says, I know what the Bible's talking about. Peculiar means this, not that you're strange, not that you look kind of a little funny. That's not what peculiar means. God means peculiar means that you've been set apart, literally that God's put a fence of protection all around you, his stamp of approval upon you and says, child, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. You've got rear control today. But you see, if you don't give it to God, you're going to have it taken away from everyone else. I can control the response of my life. I know people don't like that, but you can. Do you know today? Listen, people say this all the time. Come on, I heard my kids. Hannah said it last night. I had to challenge her with it. But we say it all the time. You know what? They made me so mad today. I was having a great day until that phone conversation. Isn't it amazing? We've got rear control. Come on, we've got rear control doesn't matter what others say. Come on, we've got to give it to God. Come on, we've got to give it to God. We've got to have our response prepared. We've got to know who we are in God. We've got to know that we're an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Do you realize today, if you were aware of all the testimonies that are around you today, you would be absolutely amazed. 
But all the hurt and pain that so many people have come through. The trials that they have faced in life. But yet you would never know it today. Why? Because they made a choice that others were not going to control their life. They made a choice that their past is going to be in their past. They made a choice that whatever was done back then, guess what, is back then. I cannot change it, but it sure can change from this day forward. And I'm not going to let it be a part of my today that will go with me into my tomorrow. What did they do? They gave all their hurts, their pains, their fears. They gave it to God. You see, today the reality is this. You will either deal with it, deal with it, and deal with it again, or you can give it to God and let Him take it from you. The flesh wants to respond. The flesh wants to retaliate. The flesh wants to give back. But you know what the Spirit wants to do? The Spirit needs to surrender. The flesh wants to fight back that the spirit needs to surrender. What do I say? God, it's yours. God, I've got to give it to you. God, I've got to give it to you. God, nothing's going to steal my joy and peace. I give it to you. God, no devil's going to take it because God, I'm giving it to you. The spirit needs to surrender to trust God with it, to receive the healing from it. I know I don't have much time today, but can I talk about unforgiveness today? Unforgiveness today. You know what unforgiveness is? I'm going to give you a definition of unforgiveness today. Are you ready? Unforgiveness is giving someone else the control over your life. Yeah, you heard me right. Unforgiveness is giving someone else the control over your life. But pastor, you don't know what they did to me. Pastor, you don't know the hurt that was inflicted. God, Pastor, you don't know the abuse. You don't know everything. You are 100% right. I don't know. But you know what I do know? I'm going to tell you what I do know today. I don't know what they did to you, but I know what they are still doing to you if you haven't released that to God. Unforgiveness, you see, doesn't just stop with unforgiveness. It becomes bitterness. It becomes resentment which produces all manner of craziness in your life. I taught a a series a while back dealing with offense. How allowing offense into your heart, unforgiveness, resentment, offense into your heart will affect your life. I made this statement and I'm going to give it to you today. Our response to an offense determines our future. Our response to an offense determines our future. We said this two days ago, but today I build a house that I'm going to have to live in. Today I build a house that I'm going to have to live in. Whether you choose to accept statements such as that or not, that's your prerogative today. I can't force you, but I'm telling you today, that's the truth. Wrong response will never take you to the right places. A wrong response will never... Take your life forward. Others around me today can control my life in greater ways than I realize. Through holding on to hurts, pain, abuse, unforgiveness, it allows those things to control my life. Look what Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 17 verse 1. Jesus said to his disciples, it's impossible that no offense should come. But woe to him through whom they do go or who they do come. Jesus goes on, a great passage of scripture, to talk about forgiving people. But if you cause unforgiveness or you cause offense to happen, it would be better that a millstone was hung around your neck and you were thrown into the ocean. And that means go, 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 down to the bottom. 
warning against those who would call offense. At first glance, you may say, Pastor Philip, gee, thanks for that scripture. Really encouraging right there that you're telling me that God says offense is going to come. But really, it is encouraging for this reason, first and foremost, that he is warning us. Jesus is preparing us and letting us know it's going to come. It's going to happen. If you haven't been offended yet, keep living. You will be. Let me rephrase that. If you haven't been offended yet, keep living because the opportunity to become will be given to you. You don't have to accept it. Why? I've got rear control. I can determine what? I can control my response to what other people have done. How? By giving my life to God. By giving my life to God. So first and foremost, we see the scripture Jesus is preparing us. But there's something else key here I want you to see. And that is this. But woe to him through whom they come. That's got a two-sided meaning there. That means Jesus is saying, you better not be the one that's causing people to be offended. Come on, help me in the house. You better not be the one that's causing people because your response is important, not just for you, but for other people also. But notice this. There's the other side of it, and that is this. If someone has hurt me, or someone has offended me, as I forgive them and give them to God, guess what? That scripture promises to me that God's going to handle them for me. God's going to take care of it. Why? Because God says, offense better not come. Watch out for those from whom it comes. God says, I'm going to take care of them. But God cannot take care of anything that hasn't first been given to him. Given to him. You know why many people don't want to forgive? Because they want that person to hurt as much as they have hurt. They don't want to forgive because of the sorrow they've been through. They just want to make it. You know what? They don't want to forgive people for this thought. They think, I'm going to let them off the hook. But here's the reality of it. They're not the ones on the hook. You are. You are. And forgiveness, I've preached a whole series on this. Forgiveness is a one-sided thing. You know what? Forgiveness is your responsibility. You forgive them before God and you let God handle the rest. You let God handle the rest. Why? Because God will handle them if you allow them. If you're keeping unforgiveness in your heart, you're allowing their response to hit you hard. Guess what? God's not going to deal with them. God's not going to take care of them. God can only take care of that which is surrendered and given over to Him. Are you with me in the house? The Greek word for offend there is skandalon, which refers to the part of a trap to which the bait is attached. Through unforgiveness, offense in my life. Guess what? I'm led into a trap. I'm baited into a trap that wants to destroy my life. Come on, say with me, rear control. Come on, I have the power, Jesus said, to pick it up, but I also have the power to lay it down. As I said, Jesus said in the garden in Luke 22, verse 42, He says, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. We see he willingly gave so that man could not take it away. Man cannot take away from you that which you've given to God. You see, man can't steal your peace if Jesus is your peace. Man can't steal your joy if Jesus is your joy. Come on, I'm preaching today. The reason why man steals it is because we put faith in everyone else except the source, which is Jesus Christ. Man can't take my life if I've already given it away. What's your response? 
And listen, after a message like this, there should be none of us that say, well, they made me feel miserable. I'm sorry, you chose to be miserable. You've got the rear control over your life. You send it up to God and let him handle it and take care of your problems. It's not their fault. But it's what you have allowed your life to be baited into. Listen, I didn't say that you were the reason for it happening. When you say stuff like it's not their fault or whatever, I'm not assuming that what they did was right in any shape or form because what they did is wrong. What they did is wrong and it should have never happened. But you better watch because you can be the reason that it never ends. You break that. Break that. Look how offense and unforgiveness. I've got to move on quickly. Come on, say helping Jesus. Look at how offense, unforgiveness, and hurt and rejection can progress. Look at Proverbs 18, 19. It says, There's a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. A strong or fortified city has walls around them to protect those from without. A protected city is protected within from the enemy that is from without. But you see, if we don't watch when we get offended and we protect ourselves and we build walls, we can look at them as a fortification from everyone from outside. But you know what? From the outside looking in, it looks like a prison to me. Two people grabbed that. You've got to watch what you're protecting yourself behind. Well, they offended me and hurt me and you build brick after brick after brick all around your life to protect you. You better watch out because you know what begins to happen? You're the one who's trapped inside of that thing. You're the one who's become in prison. Come on, say with me, rear control. Come on, it's in my power. What's my response? I'm going to give you something about unconditional love. Some of you may have heard this when we preached this series. Let me give you this statement about unconditional love. Unconditional love gives others the right to hurt you. What does that mean? Because if I'm giving myself completely to Kelly like I have, guess what? I'm giving her all my vulnerabilities. I'm showing her things of my life that no one else has seen. My unconditional love for her gives her the right or the opportunity to be able to hurt me. Again, you know why boundaries are important? Because you don't give that kind of stuff to people that are not non-negotiable. You've got to have the boundaries. You've got to watch. You've got to watch. You've got to watch. You've got to watch who you let close. The Bible tells us to separate ourselves, not isolate ourselves. Unforgiveness will isolate you, put you in a prison of your own making. The Bible says, come out from amongst them, be separate. Separation is different to isolation. Separation involves boundaries. Determining your response, your reactions to situations. When we filter everything through past hurts, rejections, and experiences, we will find it impossible to believe God. Our vertical, relationships become, our vertical relationship becomes contaminated and broken by horizontal hurts. How could this happen to me? Because you and I have allowed someone to take it from you. What was not theirs in the first place to take. Listen, a thief doesn't break into an empty hat. Think about this. How many times have you said, they made me mad. I was having a great day until this. Listen, the peace in your heart should have very little to do with others, but instead comes by way of your relationship that you should have with God, who's your source. Yes, they did you wrong. Yes, you were greatly wrong. 
But today you have rear control. Break that control over your life. What's your response going to be? I know time has already gone, but just give me a couple more minutes because I want to give you the last one today. The last one is this. Define your friendships. Define your boundaries. Define your response. Define your friendships. Mark 2 clearly tells us the kind of people I need to be around are people who are going to take me to Jesus. I need to watch with others. It doesn't mean I don't have interaction with them, but I need to apply the proper boundaries and the proper timing. Because someone clicks on your page doesn't mean they're your friend. You've got to define your friendships. Can I help you today? You've got to define your friendships. How do I define my friendships? Label them for what they are. Well, he's my best friend. They're my best friend. They're not your best friend. They're just an acquaintance. Come on, that's just someone you work with. That's just someone you go to the game with. That's just someone. You've got to define your friendships and realize that the type of friends you hang around is going to determine the type of life that you're going to live. Are they walking? Are they standing? Or are they sitting friends? You need to define that in your life. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should because you should have been in church to hear it. Go on the website, pull up the messages, they're all there. But you need to define your friendships. Have you ever seen a balance sheet? Have you ever seen a balance sheet? On one side of a balance sheet is this. There's what is called the income or the deposits that's made. And on the other side of the balance sheet, there is what they call withdrawals, debts, or that which is taking away. There has to be more deposits than withdrawals, or you're bankrupt. What are you talking about, Pastor B? You've got to define your friends because there's some people around you that just take, 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 take. Oh, come on, they're like a drain. They want to suck you dry. Come on. Anyone know people like that? Anyone got that person sitting? But no, don't put your hand up. Don't put your hand up. You've got to define your friendships. Because if I'm hanging around with a bunch of suckers all my life, guess what? I'm not going to have anything to give. I've got to watch the friendships that are around me. I talked about this again in week number one. But you've got to realize you're a limited resource. You're a limited resource. What does that mean? You're not limitless. You can't give out and 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 give out. Oh, sorry about that. Just got stuck on that one. You can't keep giving out without first having it in. You've got to define the friendships around you. You know why some of you are so dry today? Because you're not around people that are watering your life. You've got to be strategic in your investments. It's important to categorize your relationships. Label them. I'm not asking you to put it on your phone that when they call and someone calls and says, that's the drain or something like that. I'm not saying that. But thank God for caller ID. Do I hear an amen? Amen. So at least you can prepare your response before you answer the phone. And you can know what to say. How's your day today? How many know some people you just don't ask that question? Because if you ask that question, they'll tell you. Define your friendships. Categorize them. Know how to engage with them. As I said, know who to walk with. Know who to stand with. Know who to sit with. Steve Furyk said these words. I think this is a great statement. He says, you've got to have more people that irrigate your life 
then irritate your life or you'll be dry. You've got to have more people who irrigate your life than irritate your life or you're going to be dry. Just like in the parable of the sower, Jesus said there was a seed that went out, but the response that came back. In our lives, there are different responding friends around us. There's some friends that are going to produce in our lives. There's going to be some people who are going to strangle and take from our lives. You've got to know those to give into. You've got to define the lines. And with that, I'm going to say this, and I promise I'm going to close. Don't give others, or don't give the best to others at the expense of those who require your best. I'm going to say that one more time, and then I'll say it a different way. Don't give the best to others at the expense of those who require your best. Here's the other way I'm going to say it. Don't bankrupt yourself outside of your home. Don't give out so much at work that when you come home, you've got no time for that, which is the most important, which is your family, which is your wife, which is your future, which is that around you. I didn't say be lazy at work. The Bible says be diligent and work. But remember this, prioritize. Define the boundaries. Define your response. To find your, respect, your friendships. Notice in this message, not one time did I say don't love people. Not one time did I say not to reach out to people because we're all about loving and reaching people. But be careful who you invest in. Because here's the deal. I can equally love people without, guess what, having to give them equal access to my life. I can love you, but that doesn't mean you get unrestricted access to my life can love you from a distance. And you know what? Some people, you need to let Jesus hold them and love them for you. Come on. Some people have hurt you and wronged you when you give it to God. You know what you're saying? God, I don't have to hold them anymore, but you can hold them for me. You can take care of them and love me because that's what happens. Come on. In order to stay in that proper place, I've got to define my boundaries. I've got to define my response. And I've got to define my friendships. Why? Because today... You've got what? Come on, say it with me one more time. You've got? Whose fault is it? Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.